Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. If you have a friend who leaves you frustrated and tired, you might be stuck in one of the seven deadly friendships. In her book, The Seven Deadly Friendships, Mary DeMuth identifies the messiest relationships, helps you set boundaries with people who sap your joy, and shows you when it's time to ditch a deadly friendship for good. Take the deadly friendship quiz and learn more at 7deadlyfriendships.com. That's the number seven, deadlyfriendships.com. Happy Wednesday, you guys. Thanksgiving is tomorrow if you're in the United States, and it's one of my favorite holidays that we celebrate here together. My family and I are going to be driving to Conroe to spend the day with my brother and his wife, and my parents are going to be there. I love Thanksgiving so much. So you might be traveling while you're listening as well, or you might be listening to this after the fact because you were in your car with your kids and you couldn't listen to all the noise. Whatever. I'm glad you're here. Today, my guest is Tara Lee Cobble. You might remember her from the happy hour way back in 2016 on episode number 112, where she shared all about how God grew a small Bible study gathering to an international organization called D Group. Well, Tara Lee is back and she's catching up with us and she's sharing some super exciting news that's happening in her life. In fact, today, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, her new podcast, The Bible Recap, is launching. She tells us all about it. We also talk about healing from suffering and trauma. She's been through a lot in the last four years. We talk about her singleness and what God has been showing her and how she's preparing for her nanny moon. Yes, you heard me right. She explains it in the show. You guys, this week also, we have an extra show for you. Yes, we're bringing you our annual holiday gift guide show. It's coming out on Black Friday, which is this Friday. You're going to love it. Black Friday is the biggest shopping day in the season, but you know what? I don't like leaving my house on Black Friday, so I'm going to hook you up. Listen to the show. We're going to tell you about some organizations that we think are places you could feel good about putting your money behind. I've gathered some of my favorite companies. All these companies have one or two of these things in common. They're either run by women, small business, give back, or ethically made goods. I want you to know about these places. My co-host for this year's holiday gift guide is Amy Hannon. You love Amy. She lives in Arkansas. She's the owner of the cutest shop, Unimaze. She has a cookbook called Unimaze. She's been on the show this year, and she is so much fun to be with. It's an amazing show with special offers just for those of you that listen to the happy hour. So set a reminder on Friday. The show will be ready for you as soon as you wake up to have that extra piece of pie in your pajamas as you're putting up your Christmas tree. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Tara Lee Cobble. Terry, welcome to the happy hour. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome back to the happy hour, I should yeah. say. It's been a while. It's been a long time, but I'm ready to roll. Can I tell you that your episode has always been one of our highest downloaded episodes? That is so encouraging. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be that person. <laughs> 
When did we record? Do you remember? It was, I think the week before my first open heart surgery. So that would have been August or September of 2016. And I think it aired in December because I remember, or maybe November. Something like that. Because I remember that I knew that when we recorded, you were going to have your surgery. And then when it aired, you would have already had it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So your episode, you came on and just, my listeners went crazy. (laughs) And we talked about reading your Bible. Yes. My favorite thing to talk about. Which I love talking about as well. And I love reading my Bible. But I, I did, I honestly stepped back a little bit and go, I cannot believe how much traction this show is getting. I love that people, I really think, because I'm I'm not a famous person, you know? And so I love that what drew people to that episode was not me. It wasn't any kind of fame or any kind of like, oh, we know who she is. It was that apparently word had gotten around about the Bible. It's, that's what I love. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, this is so crazy, yeah. which it is. It's because people were sharing it. They're like, oh my gosh, you have yeah. to listen to this. Yeah. Okay, so I don't want to talk I don't want you to go into extreme details about D group because we did that already. Right. So it. everyone go back and listen to the yeah. old episode. Episode 112. <laughs> there you there go. We go. Yeah. go back to 112, <laughs> which today is episode 220. So a lot has happened. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You've made so much traction. God. So much in your life has happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Which we're going to talk about. Yeah. But go back, but give us, do tell us what D group is and then go back and listen to 112 to dive into it. Sure. Yeah. D group. Uh, I started D Group almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years old in February, 2019 as just a kind of like the CrossFit of Bible studies, a weekly in-home discipleship and Bible study group that it turned out a lot of people besides me wanted to have that kind of thing and it just kept growing. So we're now in homes and churches around the world. We partner with churches to have like a more intense version of a home group. And we get together two hours every week, study the Bible, pray, confess sin, and just do all those things that, I wanted to have a space for. I wanted to read my Bible every day. I wanted to memorize scripture, but I wasn't going to do it on my own. And so I put together a group of people to do that with me. And now we're, we've touched every populated continent. We're in Spanish. You've touched every populated continent? Yes. We're, we're lacking Antarctica. So if you know any scientists who want to do a Bible study. <laughs> I was sitting here, you could see my brain going, populated continent. Okay. Yeah, so, oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> so Antarctica. Yeah. I'm just, you know, yeah. there are some people there. I don't know that it's considered populated, but. So it is crazy. It's everywhere. Do you yes. have a number of how many people are participating on like a weekly basis? I hesitate to share. I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Callie, our executive director would know, but I don't know. So. Do you know Callie? <laughs> I mean, let's just go with like thousands upon thousands, right? Am I right? You might be exaggerating a little bit. Really? Thousands upon thousands? Yeah, thousands upon thousands. On a daily basis. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's my favorite thing. I love it so much. I want to do it till I die. Read the Bible or do D group? Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So go back 10 years Uh when you started this. (laughs) This is what I think is encouraging because people are like, oh, this is the decade old. Tara Lee's got it down. She knows what she's doing. But 10 years ago when you started, because there's people listening that like they have a dream, they have an idea, they have right. a thought. There's no way you could have even imagined what 10 years later would look oh, like. You are absolutely right. Because it's funny. People will say to me things like, oh, you were obedient to this vision you had. And I was like, no, no, I right. didn't have a vision. I had a void. I needed something. And I like tried to like figure out how to get it. 
And it turned out that other people needed it too. So I wasn't planning for this to be my job. I wasn't planning for this to be like this discipleship empire. Like I wasn't, that was never the plan. I never imagined it being more than me and those nine girls in a living room. I love that. You said I had a void, not yeah. a vision. Yeah. Is that, I think that's how a lot of things start. People go, yeah. okay, here's a void in my life. I mm-hmm. need it. Here's a need. Uh-huh. How can I fill that? Yeah. And then it just turned out that other people needed it too. I bet the person that started the fanny packs said, <laughs> I have a void. <laughs> yep. And, and then thank they, God they did. Right. I love my fanny pack. I know you do. And you're yeah. wearing it right now. And I love it. I have <laughs> a friend, Jana, that wears one. And every time she's like, I always think to myself, I wish I could be as cool as you. Like, uh, I wish I could be as cool. I'm sure you are. Um, okay. So try mine on later. I would love to try yours on later. Yeah. And see how it looks on me. Rocket, rocket. Um, okay, so D Group, ten years old. Mm-hmm. You have seen so many changes over the years. What is like when someone comes up to you and says, "I have a D Group"? What is a common thing that people are saying to you? Oh, they usually say, "I never knew that I could love God this way." Wow. I never. They always felt a, a lot of the people who are in it, men and women feel like they are a part of their church or their community group or things like that because it's the truth, because it's the right thing to do, but they've never had the affection behind it. And so once we get them plugged into the word, once they're memorizing scripture, once they're seeing like the word come alive, once things like pieces are coming together for them, they fall in love with the God and want to obey him out of that love, as opposed to just like doing it because out of obligation, which I feel like I don't I don't know men's hearts as well as I know women's hearts, but I feel like a lot of women do things out of shame and obligation. 100%, yeah. And so they're in these functional but dysfunctional relationships with God when it could be born out of love. And so when they see their hearts change out of just fixing their eyes on the word, focusing on the Lord, when they're doing a Bible study that's not about them anymore, it's not about how to become a woman of grace or like how to overcome fear. And it's just like, who is God? those other things fall into place. And it's not work anymore, it's love. And also, if you think about it, life is so stinking hard. Only one of those ways can sustain you. Like, am I doing this out of shame and guilt and obligation? Right. Or am I doing this because I'm falling in love with the creator of the universe? Right. Like, when everything hits the fan, mm-hmm. only one of them will stand up. Yeah, shame is a terrible motivator. So love is the only thing that yeah. lasts. You yeah, yeah. Do you guys, and I remember this from last time, when you say read the Bible together, you're just literally opening up the Bible and reading it. Is there a plan? Yes. So what we do, we have, we usually do about four different studies a year. So next year we're doing, we're starting out the year with the wisdom of God. Then we're doing spiritual warfare. Then we're doing, um, what is the one? Sermon on the Mount. Then we're doing um, the book of John. Okay. There's a guide and we have daily Bible reading, usually about a chapter a day. And so you, we tell people, you read this at home because our job is not just to have you come here and do everything here. We want to drive you into the word every day. So we have daily Bible reading that's planned out for all our studies that correspond to the studies. We have scripture memory. We memorize large chunks of scripture. So we're memorizing the Sermon on the Mount right now, Matthew 5 through 7. And so we're having them digging into the word every day. And then when we come together every week, we talk about the word and like, what jumped out at you? What threw you off? What didn't you understand? Like, what did you love? What did you see that you'd never seen before? What lie that you used to believe, do you not believe anymore? You know, like I have, this is also, I think my 10th year reading through the Bible. And like, I was looking today at some places where I had like marked out things I'd written in the margins. And like, I changed my mind. 
Yeah, uh-huh. because because as you're getting to know God, you find out that things you used to believe aren't right. Wow. So every day when I'm reading the Bible, I have like five prayers that I pray before I read. And one of them is, um, teach me something new about you that I've never seen before. And one of them is correct any lies I believe about you or anything I misunderstand. And so when I see, I'm pretty type A. Can you tell and, me the other three? Yeah, sure. Um, so the first prayer is give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The second is help any knowledge I gain serve to make me love you and others more and not puff me up. Then there's the the final one is guide my steps according to your word. Okay. So, so you pray those prayers and then mm-hmm. you realize what I had thought about you, I was wrong. Yeah. And that's how it is in a relationship. Like, haven't you, in knowing Aaron all this time, ha- like, haven't you learned sure. new things that you didn't know? Yes. And maybe you had some preconceived notions about him that have been dispelled. Mm-hmm. So especially like my first trip through the Bible, I was really eager. I was taking notes in the margins and all this stuff. And like one of my goals, my second year through the Bible was I want to have a note on every page. So like, I believe there's something for me on every page of the Bible and I want to Take glean it in, from yeah. it. Uh-huh. So it's like writing things. But as you are, as you're getting to know him better, making more and more trips through, I'm seeing like, oh, that actually, what I've learned since then has shown me that that's not right. Um, and I'm type A, so like normally it would bother me to have something scribbled out. <laughs> yeah. But what I love about it is that it shows me that the word is living and active, that this is a real relationship. Um, he is, he's it's like answering, answering my your prayers. prayers. Yeah. Yes. So I look at those as like evidence that my relationship with him is a real thing. It's growing. I'm learning and loving it. It just makes me happy now. So after uh, you came on the show, I went and bought my first chronological Bible. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and I wouldn't say I that I'm that. in it every day. Uh-huh. I mean, I am in the Bible right. and trying to be in the Word every day, but I'm not in that chronological that specific Bible. specific one. Yeah, yeah, but I really enjoy it. When there's been seasons of my life that I've been um, in it, and mm-hmm. you really talked about on the show about how it fills in some of the gaps when mm-hmm. we read it exactly as it went down. Yeah, I wish the Bible were laid out as it, as it happened. Mm-hmm. It's not, but I wish it were yeah. because, and so it's, those chronological Bibles are great for that reason. Yeah. So. Okay. So reading the Bible every day, mm-hmm. this brings us to your newest adventure, Yeah. which I'm super excited about because it's a podcast uh-huh. and I am a podcaster. Obviously. <laughs> Hello. You listening to my you, show. You got me into podcasts. Really? You did. Yeah. Like listening. Yeah. I wasn't really into podcasts prior. I love that. I listened to a lot of like church sermons, mm-hmm. yeah. but I would usually do it like through their website or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have heard, I hear that all the time. I call myself like the podcast gateway drug. You are. Like listen you to the happy the hour podcast. and then your world is just open. Yeah. And I'm excited about your new podcast. Thank you. Um, me too. So excited. In fact, I say this often, but people will ask me like, are you worried about someone else starting a podcast that no one will listen to you? And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I don't I don't go Not by the way. scarcity mentality. Yeah. I go by we're gonna cheer everybody on and there's That's enough so people in this good. world. So I'm excited about your new show. One cool thing is that today you're on the happy hour and also today your new show launches. Yes. Congratulations. Happy Thank launch you. day. Thank you. It's our birthday. I wish I had balloons in here or streamers <laughs> or some big party music, but That's okay. Okay, tell us, give us the show spill. Okay. Have you ever closed your Bible and thought what did I just read? Yeah, like, uh, what was that? Like when? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Often. I think that's the reason people stop reading the Bible. Yeah. It gets confusing. I, yep. And so when people launch out at the beginning of the year and they're like, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. Well, and you start at the beginning and there's some confusing the, the hard stuff parts. at the five, first five yeah, chapters. That's, I mean, that first is five books. like the gateway. Um, that, that's like the... Uh, 
the trial that you have to get through to get to the good stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of people give up early on and it's because they don't understand it. They don't understand what God's doing or why he's doing it. And sometimes they feel really disconnected from God. They don't like what he's doing. Um, and without a full understanding of the meta narrative, you're just kind of jumping in at this place and trying to have to figure your own way around in it. So the Bible recap is the name of my podcast. Explain what you just said, meta narrative, because some people might not understand oh, yeah, that. Great question. Meta narrative is the whole overarching story of scripture. So in scripture, there are all these little plot lines. You know, you've got your David and Goliath story, your Abraham story, your Noah and the Ark, your like Judas betraying Jesus. How all those little plot lines fit into the big greater story. That greater story is the meta narrative. Um, so I feel like we lose sight of the meta narrative when we're just trying to barely even see if we can understand these littler stories. So what the Bible recap, which is the name of the podcast, is going to do is follow that chronological reading plan and every day give like a five minute highlight reel summary of the meta narrative, where we are in the story. But every day we will aim to point out what was highlighted to us about God's character and attribute of his character. So who he is, what he loves, what he hates, why he does what he does, things like that, so that people will not lose sight of, in these littler stories, who is God? Because ultimately, that's what we want to see in every story of the Bible, is who is the Lord in this? So it's going to be casual. I'm not going to be using a lot of, like, Greek words or anything. Oh, it's come not, on. It's not, <laughs> I, I might, but I'll probably mispronounce them. Right, I, I know. Um, I know. So it's, I, it's just going to be a girl who loves the Bible, who's read it this, you know, my 10th time through, um, sharing things I've learned along the way and things that are still jumping out at me. Like I have stacks of journals from my years of having gone through it and the notes that I've taken. And yesterday I was like writing some scripts for, for the Bible recap. And I'm, I marvel at how the first years I'll have like from that day's Bible reading, since I've done the same plan every year, I'll have like three notes that are one line each. And then as the years pass, it'll be like three or four lines, you know, for right. several notes. And now it's like, you know, sometimes pages yeah. from one day's Bible reading. Right. Because you can't exhaust the knowledge in that. You will never plumb the depths of the wisdom of scripture, but I'm gonna keep trying because he keeps teaching me stuff every day. I love it. So, okay, so it launches... Today. Yes. The day before Thanksgiving. Today right. we have six prep episodes. Launching. Okay. That's so, what I want to know about those. Yeah. So we have these, they're very short. They're like 10 minutes long each. And they'll tell you how we're going to do the plan, what plan you need to download, what app you need to download, things like that. Just very basic how-to. But then I also tell you like my story of not just reading the Bible, like how I read the Bible, but how I learned to love reading the Bible. And we interview the pastor who challenged me to read the Bible the first time. We talked about this on the last episode when he yeah. was like, basically, I encourage you to not say much on stage uh -huh. until you've read it all. Yeah. And so I interview him and we just give people, we prepare them. And we also ask them to invite someone else to do this with them. Because if you're trying to read the Bible on your own, you're probably going to tap out maybe the sooner than you would if you have someone else to do it with you. Totally, totally. And then in January, it's every day. Yes. Yeah. And like, we're hoping it'll be five minutes a day, but I I tell the listeners in the prep episodes, like, I can't make any promises. Sometimes I get really like pumped up about what I'm reading and I may talk for longer. But the aim is with the chronological Bible reading plan, it's about 12 minutes of reading a day. And then the Bible recap will be about five minutes a day. So if you're just doing those straight through, 
should be less than 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking from like a production standpoint, you're going to be, please tell me you're like getting ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm like, also my brain just went into production mode over here. Like, okay, we're, you're going to be like a month ahead. Right. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so will those release every day or will they release like chunks at a time? They'll release every day. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so the so, Bible recap. The Bible recap. Today, you can go however you get, uh, the, however you listen to my podcast. If you have it on your iTunes app, on your Apple phone, if you have Stitcher, Google Play, all other kinds of ways. Anywhere, Spotify, Spotify think, anywhere yeah. you listen to a podcast, go search for the Bible recap. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's just another way uh, that you are being such a encourager and leader in people getting in God's word. So way to go. There's nothing I would rather do with my life. It's my favorite. I love that. I love the Bible and I know other people can love it too. Yeah. So I just want to remove all the obstacles that keep them, that kept me from loving it for so long. Because let's talk about the obstacles for a second, because I have met some friends recently who reading the Bible is very new to them Mm -hmm. and it's so fun to watch them. (laughs) Isn't it? It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. Oh man. Um, And so let's talk about some of the obstacles real quick that some people might feel. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what have you seen as obstacles? I'll throw one out. Yeah. And we'll just go back and forth. Time. Oh, that's a good one. People will say, I don't have time, which if we like lay all of our cards on the table and lay this out, it doesn't really hold up because right. then it comes down to, do you want to? Right. Because you just told me 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. L- literally the the Bible app that we're, the, the Bible app. That's what the, it's called. The U version. Okay. The yeah. Bible app is uh-huh. what we'll be using. And I have done the math on it. It is 12 minutes a day at 1X. Like, at the one X, it's speed. reading it to it's, you. You can have it read it to you. Can read it with your own eyes, which you can usually do faster than someone else reading it yeah, out loud. Totally. Uh-huh. So twelve minutes a day, and if you have a commute, if you have a shower, if you have anything, like there's no reason you can't plug that into yeah. your life. I listen to the Bible audibly a lot when I'm on the road getting ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just just have that, like it mm-hmm. helps my mindset. Okay, so time. What else have you heard people say? Uh, I think people don't understand it. Yeah, that's and true. so that's one of the things that, w- that's one of the obstacles we aim to get yeah. out of the way. It seems big um, and scary and- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They feel like they aren't smart enough. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Like, the, and also I think some people, I used to fall into this trap of feeling like I can read my Bible. That's cool. You know, like mm-hmm. read a Psalms a day or whatever. Right. And then the big stuff is for like the pastor. Right. And my husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. but people, I think that's a very common mm-hmm. thing that women might feel. I also think people are in some, some people might be afraid to hear from the Lord. Mm. Um, that we, and we talked about this the last time, people love to hear from God secondhand. They are. They don't want to hear from God firsthand. They want to read devotionals. They want to, you know, do other things besides. And there's nothing wrong with. I love devotionals. There are some really great ones out there. But when people do that to the exclusion of reading scripture, and they only hear from God secondhand, or they're only getting like a verse a day in their devotional, there's so much more for them, and they just don't even know. And I think that that serves a purpose in their life but there's so much more. Yeah. I think probably the root of that also comes from, I'm not smart enough to do this by myself, but I yeah. trust this person a lot. Oh and yeah, so I'll absolutely. let them, totally. you know, tell me. Right. Um, so yeah, those are big ones. Yeah. Okay, so the Bible recap's gonna bust them all open. I hope so. So great. Okay, <laughs> let's switch gears. Uh, you came on in 2016. Mm-hmm. 
You have had three years. You didn't say this. I'll say it. That sound like like the most awful years of your life. True. True. Can we talk about it? Yeah. (laughs) I know you're just on the other side of like healing from some of these wounds. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we live in a day and age where it's hard to find people who are not have been hurt Mm -hmm. or are hurting or like are on the other side or barely surviving. And Mm -hmm. so you're on the other side a little bit. Mm -hmm. So let's talk back to what that was like, because there's people listening who are either on the other side Mm -hmm. or they're drowning in hurt, or let's be honest, it's around the corner, Mm -hmm. you know? And so let's go back, take me back because we didn't talk about this on the show. And I think you were in the middle of it. Yeah, I, w- I was... Uh, I think your sister had already passed my away. My sister had just passed away. So it, right six months before my sister passed away, my brother was burned in an explosion um, that burned half his body. He had to go to the burn unit in Atlanta um, and he died on the table, came back. Then six months after that, my sister had a relapse in brain cancer, died very quickly. Um and I was able to, the Lord was just so generous through some friends. I was able to go be with her when she, when she passed away. Some mm-hmm. friends like bought my flight up there. Um, and then three months after that, I found out I had to have open heart surgery for some birth defects. And so I had a, I had a, a, a trip to Israel planned. <laughs> I was leading a trip to Israel, um, which is one of the things we do with D group sometimes. And um, so I was like, can we do this heart surgery after I get back from Israel? I remember <laughs> yeah. you went to Israel and like came home. Yes. And then went right to the hospital pretty much. Um, so I came back, had the first open heart surgery. And I knew that I was going to have to have another surgery after that to do some heart repair. But I was not aware that it was going to have to be another open heart surgery. Okay. So I had the first surgery. So just to imagine my parents at this point, you know, like well, your brother. Yeah, my brother, my sister, sister, and now me. Are there your only? Are there three children? No, there, there, there are six of us. Okay, um, okay. but just oh yeah, I mean yeah. you know, within a little more than a year, this has been just this mm-hmm. you know with my parents, and so I had the first open heart surgery, and then within uh, two months of that, they told me that right, I think it was two weeks before my second surgery, which was supposed to be through my veins. They said, "Hey, your your problem is so bad. We are not, we don't trust that we can fix it through your veins. So we're gonna have to do another open heart. Which open heart, um, this sounds dumb, but I'm just gonna ask. Mm-hmm. It's open your chest mm-hmm. up. They saw your sternum open. They open your chest. I'm held together with wires. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as you can see, I've got a little, like mm-hmm. my good scar. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh no, this is just barely healing and they're gonna cut it back open. And they're like, no, no, don't worry. We go through your back this time. So, um, the, the the incision on the front is a six inch incision. But the one in the back, they don't have to like saw any bones or anything. They just like move your ribs, move your lungs. God, that is just medically, that is so crazy. It's unbelievable. So when they were when they were cauterizing the incision, and I hope I'm not making any of your listeners Go uh, for it. stomachs mm-hmm. flip, but <laughs> when they were cauterizing that incision after the surgery, successful surgery, they did a great job. Something happened with the machinery and I was electrocuted after the, you know, after the surgery was done when they were sealing me up and it burned into my body. Uh, uh, it uh, was burned um, the size and depth of a grapefruit into my back. Oh my um, and it was an open wound for four months. So there was that. 
Um, there was, so all of this, what I'm learning, what I'm figuring out through like my biblical counselor and just reading and all, all that is just, I had a lot of trauma back to back to yeah. back. Um, and one of the things that ha- I went through some depression in that I like fractured some relationships, just some real emotional wounds that were happening on top of these actual physical wounds because of all the grief that I was going through. Um, it just, it just felt like it ju- the hits just kept coming and I couldn't get it. And I was like crying on my floor every day and I didn't recognize myself. And one of the things that was that if I could change anything about that time, it wouldn't be the electrocution. I wouldn't take that, you know, like none of those things would I necessarily take away. But my response to that time was I would, I was not in the word. And so what normally would have been an emotional like anchor for me was just, I just wasn't. I was sleeping 18 hours a day, like trying to recover. Those are just the natural things that happen after surgery. And I was in an emotional pit. And the more that those circumstances stacked up in my life, the less my emotional ability to handle it. Um, And so it was, I think I'm just now recognizing how traumatic that was for me. Um, Even just like physically it had, it had effects. Um, So it, the, the fact that I withdrew from the Lord in that time, um, you know, he could have rebuked me. He could have like punished me or whatever, but that's not his heart toward his children. And what I saw the Lord doing that, that was so sweet was just, he was so near. He was so kind. He like, even when I you know, would, would venture into sin in in one way or another, like he would just draw me in with such sweetness and kindness that, I mean, it was, you know, I, I tell people 2016 was the year my sister died of cancer. I had two open heart surgeries and was electrocuted and 2017 was harder Mm. because the emotional fallout was way harder than the physical stuff. And the Lord was just so near in all of it. Did you feel the Lord near at the time or is this a hindsight looking back? I did feel the Lord near at the time. I did feel the Lord. And I remember one night, there was a night that I was like literally on my floor crying and sobbing and like, help, you know? And the next morning I woke up to a text from a friend of mine who said at, you know, 3 a.m. this morning, I just felt like the Lord wanted to tell you, he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, he approves of you, he's near like, mm-hmm. and that was the exact time that I had been. She just waited until the next morning to yeah, text me. Yeah. And just in all that, I mean, it's just his his kindness and sweetness to me in the darkest season of my life at a time when I wasn't even in the word. And he just kept making his presence known everywhere I went. Yeah. It was like so kind of him. Um, when you look back on... Uh, 2016 and 2017, Mm -hmm. um, you said the one thing you would change was to be in the word. Mm -hmm. Um, what would have made that happen? I mean, because I mean, look at it, Tara Lee, some aspects are like physically, Mm -hmm. there were some days that you were recovering from two open heart surgeries. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. there's that, Mm -hmm. but I, and I asked that because I think we all understand what we have all been what mm-hmm. you're talking about. And it's different circumstances for different people, but we've all felt as though we can't do this. I can't even get in the word. Right. 
what is it that we can do in those times? Like what would have made the difference? That's such a great question. I think I had, so I had all these aspirations of during my open heart surgery, I had this stack of books beside my bed that I was like, I'm going to read all these books. All I'm gonna, time. You know, yeah. yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be the my best time with the Lord. And when it came down to it, I was like, I'm just going to watch Hulu. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to like, here, I'm going to binge some Netflix. And so the longer I was out of it, the easier it was to stay out of it. Yeah. There was no guilt in like, it's been so, you know, like I know sometimes that's the, how people feel and they're mm-hmm. like afraid to go to their Bible because they're like, it's been so long. Yeah. I don't, the Lord generally does not operate with me in terms of guilt and shame. Yeah. The Lord generally operates with me in terms of like wooing me back mm-hmm. in. Like there's some good stuff for you here. Mm-hmm. Like, you're having a really hard time. I have some words of encouragement. Yeah. Like come get them. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in those pockets of depression, when you're in places of trauma, when you're in places of relational volatility, um, it's all you can kind of do just to keep breathing. Okay, guys, I know that you're loving my conversation with Tara Lee because I love her so much, but I want to thank our sponsors because sponsors make the happy hour possible. Say hello to Lightbox, a new brand of laboratory-grown diamond jewelry. Never heard of lab-grown diamonds? Join the club. Here's what you need to know. They have the same chemical makeup as natural diamonds, but they are made in a lab by scientists. It's a pretty amazing process. By using a plasma reactor nearly as hot as the surface of the sun, a piece of diamond is bombarded with carbon atoms and grows. After 400 to 500 hours, it's big enough to cut into a polished stone. Pretty cool if you consider diamonds from the earth took about 3 billion years to reach the surface. While natural diamonds are rare, Lightbox can make a lot of lab-grown ones, meaning you don't have to be a millionaire to afford one. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are just $200 a quarter carat, plus the cost of the setting. Their scientists have even figured out how to make pink and blue ones. Pink and blue natural diamonds are so rare, you've probably never seen one before, but now you can own a lab-grown one or several. Check them out at lightboxjewelry.com slash happy hour. Support from today's show also comes from Grove. Grove is an e-commerce company that makes it easy to discover the best natural products to take care of your home and family and make sure you never run out of your favorites. With their own safe, effective, and affordable Grove flagship products, as well as amazing brands like Mrs. Myers, Method, 7th Generation, Tom's, and Real Simple, Grove curates premium quality products that are natural, beautiful, and sustainable. Then my favorite part about this whole thing is they deliver everything right to your door exactly when you want it. Better yet, you guys, they offer free shipping and free returns, no questions asked. And their Grove guides are always available to answer questions or add items to your next order if you run out. Right now, I am loving my entire set that I got recently from Mrs. Myers of the Orange Clove Holiday Scent. I love washing my hands with it. I love washing my counters with it. I love washing my dishes with it. I love it so much. Sign up for Grove Collaborative at grove.co slash happy hour, and you're going to receive a $30 Mrs. Myers gift set for free with your order of $20 or more. That's grove.co, not grove.com slash happy hour. Okay, here is my rest of my conversation with Tara Lee Cobble. I love how you said, though, that... God would woo you back in. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, remember what this is. Mm-hmm. Remember what you have 
fed on, feasted on before. Yeah. It's still here, come back. And I think that that describes him so well, except for so many times we have this idea if we go through a season like you did, that we feel like, God, I'm so embarrassed to come back. Like he must be mm-hmm. so disappointed in me. How could right. I even come back? <laughs> um, you know, and it's just so anti his character. One of the things that I say at every D group retreat, we have retreats a couple times a year. And one of the things that I say at every retreat that I say almost anytime I'm on a stage speaking at a women's conference or anything like that, one of the things I always try to reiterate is that God cannot possibly be disappointed with you ever, no matter what you do, because to be disappointed, you have to have expectations that are unmet. And a God who knows the future has no unmet expectations because he expects all the garbage you do. He already knows. He already knows Mm -hmm. and has already made a way. Like before the foundations of the world, this plan was set in motion to redeem all the garbage you still haven't even done yet. And so he's not disappointed with you. He's not looking to punish you. And like, I see that on all the pages of scripture. I see the character of God displayed in that way. So like, I was just telling Callie this morning on the way here, like how I'm learning all this new stuff, just reading Matthew 17, I think about the transfiguration where Jesus is up there with Peter, James, and John, and God's voice like thunders down from heaven and they fall on their faces and they're terrified. And Jesus says to them, don't be afraid. And like the voice of God has just come from heaven. Like the Father has, and Jesus says, don't be afraid. Mm. And so our idea of this fear of God is so skewed because the fear of God is like comprised primarily of delight and awe. It's delight. It's, it's, it's like the way we feel when we stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and people drive, they plan trips around going there. You know, maybe they're afraid of falling in, but they like want to get right up to the edge. They know it could kill them, but they're like, let me get as close as I can to see all this beauty and take this all in. Yeah. Like it's this delight and joy. It's not, oh my gosh, you're going to kill me. Yeah. And especially not when we have a great high priest like Jesus, who is the arbiter between us and the Father, he's not angry with you. Like people who are adopted into the family of God, who are covered by the blood of Christ, will never, ever, 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 ever see the wrath of God, ever. Christ absorbed all of it on the cross. So he's never looking to punish us. We're never gonna feel his wrath. Jesus absorbed it all. Like, who doesn't wanna be close to that? I know. Amen. I'm like, just keep on preaching, girl. <laughs> Sorry. This Get is along. making me think about a conversation. And I, I this is making me teary-eyed because what you're saying is I was explaining this to one of my kids the other day <sighs> because he got in, wow. he made a bad choice and he got in trouble and he got caught. And it was just a, like a dumb thing, you know? And um, I was talking with him about it and he just, I could see shame all over him <sighs> and just... Um, shame and worry. And I was talking with him about it. And I said, um, I said, this is why we have Jesus. You know, this is because we're going to mess up forever. Not forever, until we die. Right. Like we're going to mess up. And this is why we have Jesus. And Jesus, he died for this thing that you and I are talking about. I'm telling Mm -hmm. my son this. And I said, and listen, this is where you go, God, man, I'm sorry about this. Will you forgive me? And I said, what does God's word say that he'll do? And he repeated back, he'll forgive me. And I said, um, we like talked for a little bit and I said, how do you feel right now? And he said this, he said, look at me, he said, I feel really good knowing that God will forgive me. Mm. And I just thought, golly, that's what you were just like, that is what it is. Is like, 
And I said to him a thousand times, I'm like, dude, we move on. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at you. God's definitely not mad at you. Yeah. We just, we say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He forgives us and we move on and we do better, mm-hmm. you know, and we fail again. Yeah. And then, you, so that pastor that I talked to you about on the la- on uh-huh. episode 112 has said so many, he's like a spiritual advisor in my life. And one of the stories that he told me that has stayed with me is God. So God's a sovereign God outside of time, knows everything beginning to end. Um, Imagine if you have your son and you're teaching him how to ride a bike and you know he's going to fall a hundred times. That when he falls for the for the 52nd time, you're not like, oh, again? Seriously, how have you not gotten this yet? You're like, 48 more times. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 47 more times, 46 more times. And you're getting like more and more excited about him. You know, like, yes, it's heartbreaking. Yes, when he skins his knees, that's hard for you and it's sad, but you know he's going to be okay. And you know he's getting closer and closer and closer. So it's not a disappointment that you feel. It's a celebration of the progression of sanctification. I was like, you're explaining sanctification right yes, now. Exactly. Like, this is what happens. Yes. That like the father can't be disappointed because he knows everything. Yeah. Like, oh, and it just, when people grasp that aspect of who God is, I think it takes away one of those obstacles that keeps them from the word. It takes away one of those things that makes them feel like he's distant or angry or unforgiving and that they'll never please him. Yeah. Like the reality is you wouldn't ever please him apart from Christ. Exactly. But Christ's work is finished mm-hmm. and you're clothed in his righteousness. Yeah. I think it's hard too, because disappointment is such a human term that we really understand. Mm-hmm. Like I really understand when someone's disappointed with me. Right. And if I'm honest, I was disappointed in my son a little bit, right. you know? Um, and because so to, you have expectations. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so we got to talk about that, yeah. you know? Um, and so it is, it's a hard thing, but I think you're right that once we can realize that God is not disappointed in us. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, man, God knew everything I was going to do and he still chose me to be his daughter. Yeah. Like that's just, that's not a, our minds, our human minds cannot understand that because we would never choose someone to love that we knew was constantly going to fail and let Mm -hmm. us down. And, you know, in our minds, not meet those expectations, human, human things. So thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I also want to, cause you mentioned this to me is that um, you've had to, you lay down a dream of yours Mm -hmm. and, um, on the show, one of the things that we've been really trying to be more conscious about is to have um, a more diverse set of guests on our show. Um, and you're doing it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it is a it is a conscious decision that we are looking at. Love it. Um, age wise, um, demographic wise, mm-hmm. job wise, um, marital status wise, and so we're really like, how do we do that? And one of the things people say all the time bring me the single girls. <laughs> and so um, we've had some great episodes with um, girls who are single. And sometimes we've had people on that are single and we don't even talk about that, you know, because right. it's just not their thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But you did mention to me about laying down a dream. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, we'll talk about it in what your dream that you're talking about is uh, with marriage. Um, but this this just spans like this, this can be anybody having to lay down something yeah. that they have wanted and dreamed and desired. For some women, it may be motherhood. It could be mm-hmm. a job. Yeah. Uh, it could be, you know, education. It, the list is so long of what it could be. Right. So for you, what does that look like? So um, I have never pictured my life with anything other than me being married. Uh, that has not happened. And I have dated a, my fair share. Um, and I went on a a pretty bad date with a guy this summer. 
um, just what I realized was I had a, I have a friend who um, her philosophy is like, if a Christian guy asks you out, you should go because you, you want to encourage Christian men to ask girls out. And, and my, my perspective was like, even if I don't like this guy, like I could be wrong. I don't know everything. Like humble yourself. Right. Maybe he's going to be awesome. Um, but I always dreaded the dates and I always was right about how bad it was going to be. And I went on this date with this guy who was low-key racist. And oh, yeah. And I was you just found like, that out on the date. On the date. Uh-huh. And um just every, like bitter about bitter towards someone in every phase of his life. Mm-hmm. And just all these things kept sort of adding up. And I was like, I just I don't want that to be my philosophy anymore. Like I'm not just gonna go out with just anybody anymore. And I realized I've dreaded every date I've gone on in like the past three years. Mm. And so I was just talking to the Lord about this. Like, I'm really disappointed about all this. And, you know, I'm doing what I can. People are setting me up. I'm on some of the apps. Like I'm doing all, you know, some of my friends paid for me to join Match for a while. Like, you know, trying to do what I can. And one day out of nowhere, I was just like praying. And I just felt like the Lord was like, hey, lay this, lay this down. Um, And to me, what that translated into, um, was kind of like along the lines of what he said to Paul of my grace is sufficient. Um, This thorn is not going away and my grace is sufficient. And so I kind of was like, okay, what does it look like for me to actively pursue singleness? So that means saying no when I'm asked out. That means saying no when people want to set me up. Um, And it means trying my best not to have it in the forefront of my mind. Because Jamie, when I think about how much time I've wasted in conversation about that, like, and what what does this mean? And does he like me? And is he going to ask me out again? And like, how do I turn him down? How do you know what? All of the elements of that, it's been so much wasted time. It's been a colossal waste of time in my life with nothing to show for it. I mean, I'm sure it's been sanctifying in some regard, but I was just like, I, I, I trust the Lord in this and, you know, I'm in good company because David got a no to a big prayer that he prayed. Paul got a no to a big prayer that he prayed. Jesus got a no to a big prayer that he prayed. So getting a no from God is not God's disapproval. It's not unkind. Like it's, I want to acknowledge that God is not there to serve my desires. That like every prayer I have, even the good ones, because I've had people tell me that of like, this is a good desire and God's going to say yes to it. Like David wanted to build the temple and God told him, you do well to desire this. The answer is no. Okay, Lord, if I do well to desire marriage, which is a good God honoring thing, but the answer is no, then let's do this. Let's run with the no for all the joy like set before me just like Jesus did with the cross, which is way, way harder, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it did, it did shape things for me in, in a different way. So one of, the, one of the cool things about this is I'd been hoarding American Airlines frequent flyer miles. Um, I had like over 300,000 that I was thinking Dang, like when I, when I, you know, when I get, when I get married someday. Yeah, we're going on this my, awesome honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, and I don't bring it like anything financial to the table, but I could send us on a free honeymoon, you know? <laughs> hey, I've got all these and miles. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the plan. And so whenever I felt like the Lord was like, hey, lay this down. I was like, I'm going on my nunny moon, like N-U-N-N-Y moon. <laughs> so I cashed in some American what Airlines What does nunny miles. moon mean? Like 
nunning it up, you know, like <laughs> I'm, in, I'm like in you in. Like some people are like N O N E, like nunny move. <laughs> no, I got it. But, um, but yeah, so, um, so where are you going? Australia and New Zealand, two weeks. Girl. I leave on Tuesday. With by yourself? Yep. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm really excited. Okay. So I'll actually be in New Zealand when this episode airs. Oh, yeah. I'm going to. That's a rough life you'll I'm have. I'm going to hang glide over the Remarkables mountain range. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I think it'll be a sweet time with the Lord. Like, yeah. I'm I'm excited about it. So I, I'm so happy for you about your trip, but I want to go back because I think that you said something that I think sets apart just like, oh, I'm single and mm-hmm. I'm I'm single and right. I'm gonna be single. Mm-hmm. You said actively pursuing singleness. Yeah. And I think that is a kicker right there mm-hmm. because it's not even you going, oh, I'm just single until I get married and I'm fine right. with it. Yeah. It's you going. I'm like actively pursuing marriage. Be like, I'm going on all the dating sites. I'm doing this. Right. I'm going out. Mm-hmm. And now you are flipping it around yep. and I'm actively pursuing singleness. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. It is. And I'll be honest. I mean, maybe you have some listeners out there who've done it. I don't, I can't, I don't know anybody else who's done it. I don't know anybody else in evangelical, in the evangelical world who has said, I want to get married. I feel called to singleness. Most of the people that I know who feel called to singleness are people who are more like, they just don't have a desire for marriage. And that's how I'd always been taught that it was like, oh, or they're just not dating anyone right now. So that's singleness for them. Right. You know what I mean? As far as in the long term, like as the long range plan um, of like, this is what my life is. Um, So I just don't know Mm -hmm. those people. Uh, so I don't know really yeah. how to do it. I'm just sort of figuring out as I yeah. go. Um, and again, as much as a non-sovereign person can say that kind of thing, like everybody's joke is like, you're going to meet your husband in Australia. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't know. I'm not sovereign. All I know is that the Lord has called me to lay this down, to not pursue it, to not engage with it at this point. Um, and I think ever maybe. So it frees me up to fix my mind and time on the things of the kingdom, the things of eternal value, I see a lot of truth in what Paul says. Because um, I just, Jamie, it was it was hard not to, when I would sing songs that, like the worship songs that are like, you have no rival, you have no equal. I remember thinking one time like, that is true. But in my life, in my thought life, the amount of time I spent thinking about a husband or like trying to figure out or like working, like just, he like it was rivaling it your was time rivaling. From, yeah yeah and I was like I don't want that to be true so just kind of pushing aside those thoughts and it changes like now hopefully when I go sit on planes I don't think like who's gonna sit beside me is it gonna be my husband you know I'm like not looking at ring fingers all the time like is he married like it just it shifts the way that I engage with the world around me it shifts my thought life um, and it has been pretty freeing. I had one day of hard grief about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear because it sounds, I mean, and I know you've been on this journey, right. you know, and so mm-hmm. you felt God say this and you had to make an active choice. Yeah. And so it is good to hear that there was this day. Yeah. It never felt like God was punishing me. Mm-hmm. It never felt like he was mean or holding out on me or like your plan's the worst, God. Um, but I did have to grieve it. And that day I had, I have uh, a couple really godly male friends um, and I have a, a really godly male friend who neither of us are interested in each other. That's been put on the table, not there. But 
being around a guy who's like holding my doors, carrying my stuff. And I was like, mm. I just, I real like, yeah. this is not, you know, it's not going to happen for yeah. me. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's like, I appreciate a godly man a lot. Mm-hmm. And so to realize I'm going to be carrying my stuff forever. You know, there are people listening like, oh my gosh, I have a brother. I mean, you know what I mean? They're like, this yeah. Terry is awesome. You should grow up with my brother. I'm gonna tell you right now, don't email me because yeah. she's not actively exactly. pursuing anything. Exactly. Did you feel a heavy weight come off your shoulders? I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's also interesting to see how when you just said, I didn't feel like God was being mean to me or punished me. That really is an overflow of understanding the character of God. Mm-hmm. And it's an overflow of the time that you've invested in knowing him and getting to know him mm-hmm. that you didn't feel like, golly, you're just, you're out to just kill all my friends. Right. Why are you holding back? Why are you holding back? Yeah. yeah. Or even I think uh, in Christendom, one of the ideas is like, if I just tweak this thing in my life, then God will get, because people, people say terrible things to single people. And one of the things that they say is like, you know, well, you, once you, you know, like God must be working some stuff out in your life. And that's why he's not brought your husband yet. But once the blah, 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 or like, you know, once you lay it down, that's when he comes along as though there's like some combination lock I have to maneuver. Or as if God's like actually upstairs or wherever. <laughs> that's such a <laughs> kid thing. As if God is actually playing games like that with us. Right. Yeah. And I remember thinking at one point, like when people are saying the things of like, well, God's just still got some stuff to work out in your life. I was like, I know people who are train wrecks who are married. <laughs> right. And like, so just cannot I, line up. I don't think that's the way he works, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know people who, when they met their spouse, were actively seeking it. It wasn't like they finally were like, nah, I'm good single. Mm-hmm. They were actively seeking it. So yeah. just people say really yeah. terrible stuff to single people. Um, Same thing that people say to people who are trying to have kids yes. and are dealing with infertility. Oh, oh as soon as you stop trying, you're going to get pregnant. Right. Or as soon as you adopt a baby, you're going to get right. pregnant. Mm-hmm. And those are just not true statements. Yeah. And nobody knows those mm-hmm. things either, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, girl. I love you and I am so proud of everything you're doing. Thank you. I love you and I love what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. Okay, so tell me, speaking of love, what are some things you're loving? Do you remember what you told me? Last time I told you Squatty Potty. Oh, I know. And I bought one and then Aaron threw it away. I know. You could have one here in your studio though. I could. Yeah, that'd be great. I should have brought you Squatty Potty today. I, because I'm planning this trip to Australia and New Zealand because I'm super type A, I'm loving, do you know about the My Maps function of Google Maps? No, but I, no, I don't. Oh my gosh. So you can create your own map of like places. You can have icons, color. So I've color coded my whole trip. Like each day is a color and each of the places that I'm going are all that color. I would love to travel with you. It's amazing. Because I don't like to do anything. <laughs> I literally am like the worst person to travel, but the best also. Cause you're like, do you want to go here or here? I'm like, I don't care. You pick. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm yeah. the best that way, but so I don't I do like, any work. I like to build out the plan that helps me make sure I stay on budget, that I don't miss out on anything, that I'm not like really excited to go to this museum, but oh, it's closed on the day I'm in that area. Yes. So I do all the planning, but then once I get there, it's held very loosely. Okay. So it's, if I'm not feeling it or if the weather changes or whatever, but my maps by Google is amazing. So is it an app that you download or you do it on your computer? You can do both. Okay. Um, but I I do it on the computer. It's just easier to figure out. And when you type in a place, it pulls up the address, the website, the phone number. It's all in this little flag that you build out. It's amazing. Okay. So I'm loving that. Um, I also am really loving, and this is something I'm so excited to talk to you about at some point, prison podcasts, mm-hmm. because the Lord has given me such a 
compassion for prisoners and just my frustration with the judicial system and all that. I was so excited that uh, the people who are ex-cons in Florida Florida get to vote now. makes me so happy. Um, I just have a real compassion for prisoners. And it's those are some of the people that scripture tells us to have compassion toward. Yep. And so what podcast are you listening to? 70 million. Love it. Love it. Um, Serial season three. Love it. And then, oh gosh, the, the name has slipped my mind. Ear Hustle? You know. Ear Hustle, yes. yes. Oh, it's love so it. good. Love it. I love all three of those and listen to them on the regular. Do you have any others to recommend to me? Uh, that are about prison? Yeah. Um, lynching in America? It's not prison related oh. and actually is called Confronting the Legacy of Racial Terror and EJI puts it out, Equal Justice Initiative, which is Brian Stevenson who wrote mm-hmm. Just Mercy. Mm-hmm. Have you read Just Mercy? I haven't. Terry, I'm gonna tell you, Just Mercy is the book. book. Everyone in America needs to read it. Uh, we did it for our book club this summer with uh, the happy hour. And I bought my kids the youth version and I'm going to pay them all to read it because that's how wow. I get my boys to read is I pay them. Just Mercy. Just mercy. I'm subscribing to lynching in America right okay. now. Yeah. Subscribed. Wow. Okay. So prison podcasts. Prison podcasts. I'm speaking of podcasts. Do you listen to the daily? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I was at the live episode, you asked people what podcast they were listening to. And I was like, true crime is all I really do. <laughs> um, but true crime is what got me into prison. Yeah. So yeah. Have you ever visited a prison? I haven't. And I want, so I my dream was I want to do a D group in a women's prison, but there are no women's, women's prisons near Dallas. They're like all in the middle of nowhere. They are. Mm-hmm. They're all really near here. Yeah, we have a lot um, out here. Now, you know, you have a count. You probably could go to your county jail. Yes. Because I go to the county jail. Yeah. One of the things that a friend of mine suggested, one of the, the, the men on the D group board actually said, what about a women's detention center? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like a juvenile detention center. Oh, wow. So I found out really close to me, there's a juvenile detention center for females who were rescued out of sex trafficking. Dang. So they're like teenage girls who've been in sex trafficking who are in this detention center. And I went, I just walked in the front door and I was like, uh, I don't know how this works, but I lead Bible studies and I would like to lead one for the girls here if that's allowed, legal, yeah. you know, like if they're interested. And they were like, that would be amazing. So a couple of weeks ago, I went through the training and I've got to go get like fingerprinting yeah. and like background yeah. check and all that stuff. But the plan is in January to be leading uh, a Bible study D group type thing in this like juvenile detention center for female sex trafficking juveniles. Victims, yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited. So I know we don't have a women's prison, which was like, you know, but I think this is phenomenal. And just to be able to share the character of God with those girls who, you know, maybe have no idea who he is. Yeah. So at our jail that I volunteer at, we have a Mm -hmm. program that we go through every six weeks. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, but we talk about Jesus every time. But then my friend Denise has started like just reading the Bible with girls and they commit to like six weeks and Mm -hmm. it teaches them how to read with understanding. So they'll read a chapter and then they'll talk about like just exactly what we talked about earlier. And it is just so fabulous. So congrats on that. that. Okay. So you're loving uh, prison podcast. Mm -hmm. 
The maps. Uh-huh. What else? Mushroom coffee. I, I don't you? even understand what mushroom <laughs> coffee is. I don't really either. But sometimes I see these things and they're like, this has amazing health benefits. And I'm like, I believe you. I need so, health yeah, benefits. Sure, yeah, why not? Yeah, what are they? I don't know. Um, so um, this, I found this mushroom coffee and sprouts and they're like three different varieties and they have different whatever, like adaptogens, whatever those are. They're good for you, right? Yeah. So um, I recently came off cat coffee, caffeine a lot every day. What were you drinking just now? Decaf. Oh, okay. Um, Which has a quarter of the caffeine. Gotcha. So I'm still on caffeine, but just way less. Yeah. And I'm trying to like heal my adrenals because I feel like there was some damage done to those in all of the trauma Mm -hmm. stuff. So in trying to heal my adrenals, trying to go less caffeine, this mushroom coffee, it's made with mushrooms, which have apparently loads of health benefits. I love mushrooms. That are unknown, but it tastes just like coffee. And it's instant coffee, which is great for me because I travel. So I just have the, and I love instant coffee too, because I just pour it in the hot water and yeah, good to go. So people frown on it, but it's everywhere around the world. Yes, it is. Like if you travel to Europe, you're going to have instant coffee. Mm-hmm. If you travel to Israel, instant coffee. And so um, I really like that. And it also has half the caffeine of regular love coffee. It. So it's still a way for me to, you know, it has more than decaf, but less than yeah. caffeine. So what are you reading these days? I'm in the Gospels in my chronological reading plan. So uh, this morning it was Matthew 26 and Mark 14, I think. And I just finished a book by Sharon Hottie Miller called Free of Me. A D-group leader bought it for me and it's phenomenal. It's so needed in the world today. And I, I don't read a lot of women's books and this one, I want every woman to read. It's so, so good. I've already recommended it to my D group. They already bought it, yeah. are devouring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also, my biblical counselor recommended for me, because of everything I went through with those three years, she recommended, and she's never, in three plus years of seeing her, has never recommended a book to me. So when she did, I was paying attention. It's a book called Unpacking Forgiveness by Chris Bronze. I had never heard, that's B-R-A-U-N-S. Um, I said it like it was like bronze the color, but. Or um, like what it is, is like bronze the hamburger place. Oh, that's Brahms. Oh, <laughs> and I think of that as the ice cream place. <laughs> well, they have ice cream hamburgers, right? <laughs> Just goes to show what I love. And what I love too, like burgers, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was a paradigm shift on forgiveness for me. Paradigm shift. Because We've always heard things like, you know, not walking in forgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to to die, like that kind of thing. But this guy walks through biblically what forgiveness looks like and basically says, without repentance, there is no forgiveness. And just even further goes on to expand, like, as far as like the kingdom is concerned, like there aren't unforgiven people in the kingdom. Like everyone who's in the kingdom is someone who's been forgiven. And so like, it's just not- But wouldn't that like everyone is forgiven because they're Christ followers, right? Right, everyone in the kingdom, yes. In the kingdom, yes. Yeah. 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 So basically it's not like, it's not a universalist thing of like, everybody's going to heaven, like everybody's forgiven. So um, unpacks that. And every time I would have in my mind an objection to what he was saying, he would- he would then, the next page would be him like unpacking why Uh my objection wasn't an accurate response. It was crazy. So basically the, the, his whole approach is until there is 
repentance, the response we have is love our enemies. Mm. So you still respond to that person with grace, with kindness, with patience. It's a love your enemies approach, but it is not forgiveness. So Without repentance. Right. And so I hope I didn't just like ruin the whole, I should have given a spoiler alert for that. No, that's... But it was paradigm shifting. Like I said, I, I just that. didn't expect to read a book about forgiveness. Uh-huh. And, you know, my therapist, she has great theology. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so that was really helpful. Well, you know, something that was really helpful from our last show that has changed the way I think about things when, when you talked about God's kindness. Mm. How so? Well, because the way, and I don't want to butcher it, so everyone should go back and listen, but it changed my thinking on like, I hope I don't mess this up, but this is where it, what it did for me is, okay, so some of these things that I would say like, uh, so God's kindness on my life would be like my husband. Mm-hmm. Like how kind of him right. to give me that. Because he's not being faithful. He's being kind. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Like, oh, God is so faithful because I lived through my heart surgery. Right. And, but he was so kind. Right. Because faithful is him fulfilling a promise. Like, but he never promised me I'd live through heart surgery. And he never promised me I'd get married. Exactly. But how so, kind. Right. Yeah. So that switched so much thinking for me. And mm-hmm. if people, uh, if you ever hear me talk or listen on the podcast, I bet you hear me say all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like, God is so, so kind. kind. I have heard you say that recently. And yeah. it flipped yeah. for me when we had our conversation. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind where I just went, that is so true. Like, God is not faithful mm-hmm. to give me my job. Right. How kind that I get to do this yeah. work. You know, uh-huh. like there are things that he is faithful, you know, to right. renew my heart and, you know, to sanctify me, all of those things, mm-hmm. which he promises he'll do. Absolutely. And I love it because to me, faithful is kind of like a zero. You know, faithful is like the the bare minimum of like, you know, so let's say Aaron stays married to you for the rest of his life and he was faithful to that promise. Like, great. But if he's like not kind to you on top of that, so really kindness matter. is like this bonus, you know? Yeah. So faithful is like ground zero. That's like where you've got to start. So yes, God is faithful in everything. And that's amazing. And more than anyone else ever. Yeah. But his kindness is like over and above. It's just like cherry on top. And I think it it really like brings home to me when I think about a, how much I'm not promised. Like mm-hmm. we think it's a promise, but right. it's not. Mm-hmm. And then B, like when you just look at like, just if you just go way down, you're like the depravity of man. Like we don't deserve anything, you know, right. besides God's wrath. And then because of Jesus, mm-hmm. he takes that on. And then look what he continues to do. That's just so kind. So he's the nicest. He's nice. Like, he's like just him. so nice. People laugh when I say that because they're like, that's a weird way to talk about God. But it there to me, there's no better yeah. way to to show just how affectionate he is. And I think when you think about that too, like going back to what we talked about earlier with like God being disappointed in us, I mm-hmm. think that when you put those two together, that he can't be disappointed and that he's mm-hmm. so kind to us, mm-hmm. it does help when we're walking through things that can in our human hearts feel unfair. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because that's a real reality is that we might feel that sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. well, this stinks that she's married and right. I'm not or whatever it might be. Right. She has kids and I don't or yeah. she has this job, whatever. And so, yeah. Man, I the more that I behold the character of the Lord, the more I'm so endeared to Him and the more I want to be like Him. Because, you know, we become what we behold. And when I am looking at Him and I see how, you know, when Jesus says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. 
And I'm like, I want to be that. I want to be gentle and lowly in heart. I want to demonstrate that to the world around me, you know? And when he is able to show patience toward the ignorant and the wayward, um, those who are lost and those who don't know what's going on. I'm like, I want to be that to other people because it has been transformative for my life. And I want to demonstrate him to the world around me. And the more I behold him, the more I see how beautiful he is, the more I'm like, I want to be like you. Mm. Like, just make me like you because you are stunning. Yeah. Make us like you. Yeah. That's our prayer. Mm-hmm. Terry, um, there has not been one time I've sat down with you that I haven't left challenged and wanting to be more like God. Oh, yes. Not be more like God because God is God. Yeah, but you know, yeah, like yeah, look yeah, more be, like him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Let's so, be more like him. Thank you. Demonstrate him to everyone around us. Yes. I'm on board. Thank you. And have fun on your trip. Thank you. And congrats on your show. Everybody go download it today. (laughs) Today. The Bible recap. Yay. Thanks, friend. Thank you. Okay, friends, wasn't that just such a perfect episode for Thanksgiving week as we get ready to gear up for the new year that is right around the corner? Have you ever read the Bible chronologically in the past? I started that last time Tara Lee was on the show. And like I said, I haven't always done that. But when I have, it's been really, really interesting and informative for the way I see Scripture. Reading the Bible can be something that we let fall to the side. You can get caught up in kids or housework or mindless scrolling on Instagram. You name it, and it can be distracting. But sitting with God and reading God's Word is the most important action we need to take each day. I hope that through this show, with the conversation that I had with Tara Lee, that you're not discouraged, but you are encouraged to sit with God every day and get into His Word. Here at The Happy Hour, we're so excited about her new podcast, The Bible Recap. Consider following along with Tara Lee and listening to The Bible Recap this year as you make reading God's Word a part of your everyday. Check out their first six episodes available now to prep you for the New Year's reading plan. Also, don't forget, set your alarm because Friday there is another release of The Happy Hour. We have a special edition show coming out on Friday. It is our holiday gift guide. Amy Hannon is my co-host and we spend about an hour gushing over great products and fabulous causes worth spending your money on this holiday season. Friends, have a happy Thanksgiving if you live here in America. If you don't live here in America, have a happy Wednesday. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Melissa Radke. You guys, I knew Melissa was funny. I knew she was hilarious. I was not expecting how phenomenally deep our conversation would go. I loved having Melissa join me in my studio to chat about all the things God's doing in her world. She is so lovely. She is as lovely in person as you see her on Instagram. So make sure you're back here for Melissa Radke next week. You guys enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you on Friday for the Holiday Gift Guide, and then I'll see you next week with Melissa Radke. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie, and I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays, and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.